Bangor Worldwide has been promoting and supporting World Mission for over 85 years. Our podcasts are free of charge. You can find out more about us at www.worldwidemission.org. We hope you enjoy this talk. We're going to hand over to our main speaker. Um, This is Jason, Jason Kemper, who uh, reliably informs me that the information we have on the leaflet is a lie. He is no longer in Newcastle. (laughs) He's now in Kilkeen. Jason is originally from America, but he has been over here for two and a half years. And thankfully has just arrived back in the country after six months of not being allowed in. I don't know why. (laughs) Criminal record, maybe? I'm not sure. Uh, Yeah, it's a long story. Okay, (laughs) so I'm going to hand over to Jason, but before I do that, I just want to pray. Setting the stage. Father God, I just pray that you would really be with Jason tonight, Lord. May he be a channel for your message for us. I pray that you would uh, give him the words to say and a spirit of love with which to say them. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Well, thank you. It's brilliant to be here tonight. Um, Like she said, I just, I'm back in the country not too long. Um, I got back about a week ago uh, from America. I was planning on coming back February 1st. Um, If you know anything about how the calendar works, that was nearly seven months ago. Um, But it's been brilliant um, to have an extra bit of time in America. Um, It just took a wee bit longer to get a visa. Um, Like she said, I've been living over here for two and a half years now. I've been living down in Kilkeel, working with Mourn Presbyterian Church and the young people there. Um, And it's just been brilliant to get not only to know young people, but to get to know a culture um, and especially get to know people who love Jesus. Um, And along the way, pick up an accent as well. Um, This is how I talk now. I go home and they don't understand me. Um, it's really funny. Um, the first month I was home, literally, I had to repeat myself three, four times, you know, whenever I say a sentence, because they're like, what'd you say? You know, and so, um, thank you for giving me your accent. I appreciate it. It's brilliant. Um, not only that, but even in my gestures. Um, I was here about a year ago speaking in uh, Hamilton Road Presbyterian Church, um, and there's this thing that Northern Irish people do that I don't quite understand, but I found myself doing it now, is, you know, when you're walking down the street, when you're walking down the road, and you walk by somebody, or you see somebody you know, all of a sudden, there's this thing that takes over in your head. You know, all of a sudden, you throw your head to the side, and you say, well, what about you? You know, and it's just like... I know it's just something you do, and I find myself doing it myself, um, but it's a lot of fun. Uh, I'm excited to be here tonight. I'm excited to share with you what God has put in my heart, but before I do, um, I had no idea that she was going to talk about books tonight, but I brought two books that have impacted my life, and ironically, one of them is Crazy Love, um, which is really cool. Um, so she already talked about that one, so I won't talk about that one again, but here's another one for you. It's called Weird um, by a guy named Craig Greshel. I came across this book this summer. Um, and pretty much what the book is about, it's about living your life for Christ. And as you do that in this world, the reality is, is that it will be weird. You will be different. And so it's calling us as Christians to step out and, and to stand out in this world and to be different. Um, but it's a great book. I actually am only halfway through it, um, but the first half is brilliant. But what I wanted to do is I wanted to give these out tonight. So if there's a couple young people here, here, you can have this one. There you go, that's yours. And we'll throw this one over here. That's yours. Sorry. <laughs> so enjoy those. Um, hopefully you like reading. If not, I'm sorry. Um, but if you have your Bibles tonight, I want you to open up to Philippians, the book of Philippians. Um, we're going to jump into Philippians chapter 4 tonight and see what God um, has for us. When I was um, asked to speak for this event and given the theme of the night, you know, speaking out for Jesus, 
I was trying to think of, all right, God, you know, what do you want me to talk about? You know, it's, it's a missions conference, you know, and so we're talking about, you know, living our lives for Christ in any context, you know, and, and my definition of, of being a missionary is, is somewhat different to some what other people think. You know, I think a missionary is anybody who loves Jesus because that's our calling. You know, our calling once we become a Jesus follower is to share Jesus with those who don't know Jesus. And so therefore, being a missionary is simply sharing Jesus with those who don't know Jesus. You know, and so that, with that definition then, we are all missionaries. We don't necessarily have to go to some far off place like Ethiopia or Uganda or for me, Northern Ireland. You know, you can be a missionary right here, right now, right where you're at. And hopefully that's what you've been picking up on tonight is that wherever you are at in life, you can make an impact for God. You know, and tonight is the youth night. Um, and the reason I'm excited about tonight is because young people, you know, and young people is a broad age range, but young people, we are the leaders of now. You know, our parents, they had their opportunity, you know, and not the fact that they're, I mean, yes, they are getting older, not to, you know, make fun of you, but you're getting older, but now the responsibility is on us to carry the torch. It's our responsibility to carry on the heritage and say, you know what, Jesus means something to us. Jesus has changed our life and has changed this world for something better. He came and died on the cross that we can be forgiven. And so we need to go for and share that with people that we know and that we love. And that's really what I want to talk about tonight through Philippians. And so let's jump in, um, and we're going to look at Philippians chapter 4, and kind of get the context. We're going to start with verse, uh, let's say, 4 of chapter 4. So read along with me as we read. It says this, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. Now let me give you the, the big context of the book of Philippians. The book of Philippians is written by a guy named Paul, which I'm sure most of you have heard about. And Paul was encouraging the church of Philippi to live their lives for Jesus. Because to Paul, Jesus was everything. Jesus meant everything to him. You know, if you look earlier in the book, in, in chapter 1, verse 21, it says, for to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. So what Paul was saying there is that, you know what? The meaning of my life, the whole drive behind me living is all about Christ. It's about living for me. And if I die for that cause, it's all the better. Not only that, he goes on in chapter 3 and he says, you know what? If I were to take all of the things in my life, the things that I've accomplished, you know, I was, you know, a study, you know, a scholar of the Bible, you know, I was of the tribe of Benjamin, I did this, that, and the other. You know, he checked off all the boxes per se in order to be popular and to be accepted. And he said, you know what? You take all that and it's rubbish compared to knowing and living my life for Jesus Christ. And so with, it, with that mindset then, he comes to this verse, and we're going to focus in on 8 and 9. He says, you know what, knowing that Jesus is my everything, and that I'm willing to give it all for him, that should therefore change our life. It should change the, the way that we live, the way that we think, the way that we just do our everyday living. And so he kind of summarizes it in verses 8 and 9, and I just want to look at that again. So verse 8, it says this, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, 
whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. And the cool thing about this verse is if you look at it, it doesn't necessarily give us a list of do's and don'ts on how to live for God. You know, it it doesn't say do this or don't do this or go do this, do this, don't do this. You know, what he says, it's it's a lifestyle. He talks about things that impact the way that we just live out our life. And if we know anything about Paul, he didn't have an easy life. You know, before he became a Christian, you know, he persecuted Christians. He was the one that would go about killing people who follow Jesus. And then all of a sudden, he had an experience, a God moment on the way to Damascus. And he met Jesus. And it changed his life forever. He went on to write most of the New Testament after that. And he went on to share and bring the good news to the Gentiles, those who weren't Jews by heritage. And therefore, a lot of us, you know, because of Paul, now know Jesus Christ. And this was a guy who was persecuted once he became a Christian. He was thrown into jail. He was beaten. He was tormented. All for Jesus. Because he knew that Jesus was far more worthwhile than anything that this world has to offer whether it be popularity, whether it be status, whether it be possessions. He looked at all of that and he said, you know what, that's not even worth it. That's not even comparable to knowing and living my life for Jesus. And so what he's saying right here as he summarizes his encouragement to the church of Philippi is he's saying, you know what, it's not about the little details. It's about living a lifestyle for Jesus. Not only that, but then he he says something that totally rocked my world. You know, I was, I was studying these verses this, this summer. We've been actually shared um, these verses at a camp. Um, and verse 9 totally rocked my world. Because here's what verse 9. It says, what you have learned and received and heard and seen in me. And this is Paul talking. So what Paul is saying is, you know, what you've heard me say, what you've seen me do, what you've heard me teach, all of those things, I want you to do that. And when you do that, the peace of God will be with you. Now, that's a tall, tall statement. Why? Because what he's saying is, look at my life. Paul's saying, look at me, Paul, and do that. Do everything that I'm doing. Do everything that I'm talking about. Do that, and the peace of God will be with you. That's crazy. But the cool thing about it is that he doesn't want us to see Paul. He wants us to see Jesus in and through everything that he's doing because his heart and his life is focused so much on him that when we look at Paul, we see Jesus. When we look at Paul, we fall more in love with who God is because of what he has done. And that's what Paul wants us to understand is that we should be living our lives in such a way that when people look at us, whether it's the way that we talk, whether it's the way we carry ourselves, whether it's the way that we treat others, people should see Jesus in and through everything that we do. That is what Paul is trying to get us to understand. He wants us to love Jesus with everything that we have. Now, if I were to stop there, we'd be like, all right, that's great, that's grand. We know that, but it's hard. The reason it's hard is because of sin. Sin impacts our lives. There's different things in our life that battles for our attention. You know, if it was, if sin wasn't in the world, it'd be easy to live for God. But sin entered the world and it causes us to be distracted from living our lives for God. I want to show here a wee video to you to help us understand the problem that we have. So take a look. I was watching TV the other day and this show comes on with these religious fanatics. They were crazy. Well, you would think they were crazy if you didn't understand their culture and their religion. 
See, that's just the thing. They were worshipers of idols, and they took things to extremes. They painted their bodies. They wore these ridiculous costumes. They chanted, they danced, they, they made sacrifices to their idols. They had built these enormous temples to worship their idols in. It seemed like their entire existence climaxed into this one scenario, this one over-the-top act of worship. You don't really relate, do you? Let's try it again. I was watching TV the other day, and this show comes on with these religious fanatics. They were crazy. See, that's just the thing. They were worshipers of idols, and they took things to extremes. They painted their bodies. They wore these ridiculous costumes. They chanted, they danced, they, they made sacrifices to their idols. They had built these enormous temples to worship their idols in. It seemed like their entire existence climaxed into this one scenario, this one over-the-top act of worship. Idol worship. It's not just about golden calves anymore. You see, the problem in our life is that the things that are distracting us from living for Jesus are idols. Pretty much what an idol is, is anything that takes our attention more so than giving it to Jesus. So if we want to live our life for Jesus, yet we care more about our possessions, or we care more about the way that we look, the way that our friends accept us, if we put more time, energy, and money into those things as opposed to living for God, that's when those things become idols in our life. And that's when sin just rules in our life. But if we are called to be Jesus followers, to be different, to stand out in this world, and to be, in essence, weird, because that's really what we're going, called to do, is you know what? If you look at the way that Paul lived, he was weird, because he did something totally different than what the rest of the world did. But the problem is, is like I said, sin. And I think in order to understand how we can overcome sin, we need to understand sin more. Now, a lot of us think that sin is just breaking God's law, which I think is, is semi-true, but in order to better understand it, there's a guy named Tim Keller that defines sin like this. He says, sin is building our identity on anything but God. Now, the reason I think this is a better way to look at sin is because it really gets to the heart at what causes sin. Because when we're not building our identity on God, we're building our identity on something else. And so when we sin, say I, I lie about something, you know, Growing up, I grew up in a Christian home, and I grew up going to church, and I grew up going to, to, to youth fellowship, to youth group, and that sort of thing. And one of the things that we do is we have small groups, you know, and within our high school group, we had a small group, and one of the things that we did every week is we kind of took prayer requests. I don't know if any of you have ever done anything similar to that, um, but as we did that growing up, you know, there would you know, come a time, it's like, all right, what are ways that we can be praying for you about? And one of the things that always came up was reading the Bible. You know, obviously, you know, one of the things that we all struggle with at times is getting in the Word. And so we'd ask each other, well, how'd you do this week in reading the Bible? You know, and it's, it's really a clear-cut answer. Either you did or you didn't. Um, but in order to feel better, in order to make it look better to our friends, you kind of come up with these vague answers like, well, I was all right at it this week. You know, I did it a wee bit. You know, it's like, well, you know, at least I know living in Northern Ireland, a wee bit can mean anything, you know. And so really, what do you mean by a wee bit? Did you read it one day or did you read it seven days or did you read it five days? But when I was younger, I'd say, well, I kind of read it this week as opposed to just saying, you know. And what I was doing is I was saying something in order to gain the acceptance of my peers. 
You know, not necessarily that it was a sinful act, but my identity, I wasn't forming on God. I was forming my identity on, on what my friends and what my peers thought of me. And so the way that I lived my life, I tried to do because, you know, I wanted to be cool. I wanted to be accepted. I wanted to be fun and that sort of thing. You know, and that's, that's where, you know, if you do that more often than not, you're going to lead into sin and sin more. But if we're focused on Jesus and defining our life by Jesus and we build our identity on Jesus, that's when we can overcome sin, if that makes any sense. You know, when, when we talk about sin, you know, it's, it's easy when you put it uh, like black and white. You say, well, obviously, you know, I'm not going to go about swearing or love Jesus. You know, if you, would you rather? Would you rather swear or live for Jesus? I mean, obviously, most of us would say live for Jesus. But in the moment when we sin, Satan is doing everything that he can to deceive us and to keep us from building our identity on Jesus. And so in those moments, we lose the ability to think properly, and that's when we fall into sin, and that's why we need to fall so much in love with Jesus that we can not only use his word, but also use his promises that he gives us to say, you know what, I'm not going to listen to these lies that Satan has given me. I'm going to stand up and say, you know what, I'm all about Jesus. I want to live for him. Why? Because of what he did on the cross for me. I mean, that's the bottom line here. You know, Jesus Christ came and died on the cross for you, for me, for everybody who trusts in him. And that's what it's about. You know, when, when we say we're Christians, it's really, are you a Jesus follower? You know, God loved us so much that he sent Jesus to die on the cross for us. And if you don't know that, if you're in this room tonight and you don't know that, I pray that you'd come up and talk to somebody afterwards. Because I can honestly say that is Jesus who transformed my life. You know, like I said, I grew up in a Christian home. Um, and, I, and I came, you know, to trust in Christ at a young age. But it didn't really impact my life until I was um, in what in America we call it junior high when I was in seventh grade, which is about 12 years old. Um, and up until this point in my life, I was living a two-faced lifestyle. And so at home and at church, I was the perfect kid. I did everything that I was told. I did everything I was asked most of the time. Um, but I never did anything that, you know, was bad or would get in trouble for. But at school, is a different story. See, school in America, I went to a public school, but religion can't be part of public school anymore in America just because of the way the government is set up. And so we don't have RE or anything like that in school. And so I was surrounded by people who were non-Christians who didn't love Jesus. And my best mates didn't know Jesus. And so I did things, you know, I swore all the time. I did things with them that I wasn't proud of and that I knew was keeping me from God. But here in my simple mind, I said, well, you know what? I could still live these two lives. But I realized, you know what? I can't. Because at the end of the day, we have to build our identity on something. There has to be something that defines who we are. And that started colliding in my life. And I started realizing that, you know what? I need to choose one or the other. And the thing that did it in my life was I had a youth leader in, in my life, a, somebody that invested into my life. His name was Davey Matusek. And he was a leader at my church. And so when I went to youth group, he was my small group leader. And he was just invested in me. We'd go out and do things as a small group, go have a bit of fun, kick around the football, that sort of thing. And one morning I got a phone call from one of my friends and he was on the other line crying. And if you know anything about young teenage guys, they don't cry. Um, but he was crying. I'm like, oh, something's wrong. And he was calling to let me know that David passed away three days before he was supposed to turn 21. Now, as a 12-year-old, this rocked my world. My world was turned upside down because here was a guy who loved Jesus, loved living his life for Jesus. And I looked up to him. And so I I didn't understand it. I'm like, all right, God, what's going on here? Why are you doing this? 
You know, and, and I kind of had this, you know, back and forth conversation with God for a couple of days and a couple of weeks. And then I went to his funeral. And at his funeral, there were loads and loads and loads of people there. Um, and they shared about his life and the impact that he had on young people. And the cool thing was is that there were loads of people for the first time who came to trust in Jesus Christ because of the testimony of his life and the way that he lived. You see, Davy was defined by Jesus Christ. When people looked at him, they knew that he was a Jesus follower. And he, you could tell it by the way that he lived his life. And he had fun doing it. And so that got me thinking, you know, if I were to die right now, you know, I was 12 years old, if I were to die right now, how would people remember me? Would they remember me, you know, with the cool guy, you know, that just was fun to hang out with and, you know, that sort of thing, made funny jokes, that sort of thing, you know? No, I wanted people to know that I was a Jesus follower. And so that, that's really when I started changing my life and started realizing, you know what, being a Jesus follower is an everyday decision. Every day I wake up, I need to choose, you know what, I'm going to follow Jesus, because as soon as I don't do that, it's easy to allow sin and Satan to come on in. You know, how many of you have ever been to the cinema? You know, I'm sure most of us have ever been to the cinema, yeah? Um, I was there just the other day. But what do you go to the cinema for? You go to see a, a film, right? You know, whatever it is, whether it's the new, I don't know, what, whatever film's out. Um, but there's one thing about the cinema that drives me absolutely crazy. It's the couple, like, either two rows in front of you or two rows back that just want to talk the entire film. You know, obviously you go to the cinema for what? To watch the film, right? And so when they go there and they're sitting there talking, you know, they're not there watching the film at all. A lot of times they're talking or doing other things that you don't even want to talk about. But, you know, at the end of the day, when we think about the cinema, the whole purpose of the cinema is to watch the big screen. And yet in our own lives, the whole big picture is to live for Jesus. And yet many of us oftentimes are in side conversations, not even worried about what's going on here. We think that this is more important. You know, we're the ones, you know, sitting there talking while the rest of the film is going on. We're totally oblivious to what's going on on the screen, what's going on that God is doing around the world. We're so selfish and self-centered that thinking that the world evolves around us, you know, thinking that I need to be the one that fits in. I need to be the one that's cool. I need to be the one that is accepted. I need to be the one that dresses right. I need to be the one that looks right. I need to be the one that has this sort of car. I need to be the one that has this. Whatever it is, you fill in the blank. A lot of times that is us. And we become distracted of what the big picture is. Well, what Paul is encouraging us here in verse 8 and 9 is to get the big picture. To realize that our life is about living for Jesus Christ. Not only that, but it will not be easy. You look at Paul's life, it wasn't easy. But he stepped up, he stood out, and he lived for Jesus. He was different. And that's the hard thing about being a Christian today, I will not deny it, is that you will be different People probably will make fun of you. People probably will think, man, this guy is weird. But that's the truth about being, being a Christian. You know, Jesus promises us that when we live for him, we will experience pleasures forevermore. You know, when we do things in life, you know, whether it's sinful or not, you know, it gives us short pleasure, but it's not everlasting pleasure. But when we live for Jesus, it lasts forever. Why? Because it, we not only have the 80 years on this earth, but we have eternity to live for him. And that's really what it's all about, is that, you know what, it's not about, you know, this list of do's and don'ts. I think a lot of times we have our mindset wrong, and that's what Paul wants us to realize is, you know, like I said earlier, he doesn't necessarily do this, don't do this. He doesn't say, you know, watch this film, don't watch this film, listen to this music, don't listen to this, this music. 
You know, what he says is, I want you to get the big picture. So in verse 8, he says, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's anything praiseworthy, you know, think about these things and do those things. You know, he doesn't say, do this or don't do this. A lot of times, especially when I work with young people, you know, they tend to think like this. They draw a line, you know, pretend I draw a line here. And the mindset is, all right, how close can I get to the line without actually stepping over the line? How close can I get to the line without actually sinning? You know, how far can I go without actually going too far? You know, that's the mindset a lot of us have. And that's totally the wrong mindset. Paul is wanting us to think totally different. Rather than focusing on the line, what he wants us to focus on is, you know what, how close can I get to Jesus? How much can I know about Jesus? Because the more that we get to know Jesus, the more that we live our lives for Jesus, the more that it changes who we are, the more that it transforms us. Because as we follow Jesus, we become more like him. So the more that we read this, this Bible, you know, his instructions for us, the more that we get to understand the God of the universe, the more that we get to understand why he sent his son, the more we get to understand why Jesus did what he did. And the more that we learn that, the more that it changes our heart. And the more that it changes our heart, the more that it impacts the way that we treat others and that our lives, really. And as we talk about missions, that's what it's all about, is because the more that we love Jesus, the more that we get to know him. And the more that we get to know him, the more, I know at least for me, it wants me to share that with others. Because the most important thing in my life is Jesus Christ. Amen? And that's really why we are here. And like I said earlier, it doesn't matter what context you do it in. You could do it at work. You could do it at school. And maybe God calls you to go to a different country and share Jesus with others. But all I know is this, is that if you truly love somebody, if you truly care about somebody, if somebody is truly your friend, I don't know about you, but the first thing that I want them to know is Jesus Christ. Because if they don't know Jesus Christ, they have no hope. None whatsoever. And so if I love them so much, I want to share the greatest thing that I can with them, and that's Jesus Christ. And that's what Paul is encouraging us to do, is that our lives should be transformed by the way that Jesus impacts our lives. So the more that we get to know Jesus, the more that it impacts our life, and it becomes a lifestyle. You know, being a Christian is a lifestyle. It defines who you are. And so whether it's, you know, like I said, it's an everyday decision. You know, when I wake up in the morning, you know, I don't know what I'm going to face. And that's one thing I learned over the last eight months. Like I said, I I went back to America to get a visa. um, Because when you live in a different country that you're not from, for an extended period of time, you need permission. And so I needed permission from the UK government to live here for a while. And so I needed to apply for a visa. And part of that um, is just, there's a lot to go in it. But anyways, long story short, is that I was planning on coming back February 1st, like I said. You know, and then February came and went. March came and went. And here I'm thinking, God, you know, what is going on here? Here I thought that you wanted me in Northern Ireland. You brought me here and you're doing awesome, brilliant things. And it wasn't until June time that I finally came to a point. It's like, all right, God, I think I know what you're trying to teach me here. I just need to take it one day at a time and say, all right, God, what is it today that I can do for your kingdom and for your glory? What is it today that I can impact somebody's life for Jesus? And that's really all I needed to focus on. (laughs) And it's funny how God works because the day after I started living that mindset out, the door opened up for me to come back to Ireland. 
And so what I want you guys to think about is what can you do today to live for Jesus? Maybe it's sin in your life. Maybe it's something that you struggle with in your life. Or maybe it's somebody that you know that you've kind of been talking to, but you haven't had the courage to share your faith with yet. Let me tell you that, you know, having Davy as my leader, I've learned that sometimes we take time for granted. And we need to take every moment that we can as an opportunity to share Jesus. So what's holding you back? Because being a Christian is just like Paul says, when we look at our lives, will people say that, you know what, just by looking at that guy, the way he walks, the way that he treats others, the way that he talks, I know that he loves Jesus. Can other people say that about you? If people were to meet you for the first time, would they say that you love Jesus? That's a hard thing to do, but that's our calling. And that's my challenge for us tonight is that can we get to the point in our lives where we can say, hey, look at my life. Look at the way that I'm doing. And I don't want you to see me. I want you to see Jesus living through me so that when you look at my life, you fall more in love with God because that's really what it's all about. I want to share with you a wee poem um, that I came across several years ago, and I think I might have shared this last year. So if you, if you remember this, hopefully it'll be an encouragement again. Um, but it's actually called... Um, the Creed of a Bold Jesus Follower. And this creed was written by a young South African. Um, and it wasn't just a normal South African. This, this young South African actually was martyred. He was killed for his faith. And so I want this, this poem, in a sense, to encourage you. Because this is the mindset that we should have. He was bold. He was sold out for Jesus. And so here it is. I am part of the fellowship of the unashamed. The die has been cast. I've stepped over the line. The decision has been made. I'm a disciple of Christ. I won't look back, let up, slow down, back away, or be still. My past is redeemed. My, presence, my present makes sense. My future is secure. I'm finished and done with the low living, sight walking, small planning, smooth knees, colorless dreams, tame visions, mundane talking, cheap living, worldly talk, and dwarfed goals. My face is set, my course is fast, my goal is heaven, my road is narrow, my way is rough, my companions are few, my guide is reliable, my mission is clear. I cannot be bought, compromised, detoured, lured away, turned back, deluded, or delayed. I will not flinch in the face of sacrifice, hesitate in the presence of the adversary, negotiate at the table of the enemy, ponder at the pool of popularity, or meander in the maze of mediocrity. I won't give up, shut up, let up until I've stayed up, stored up, and prayed up for the cause of Jesus Christ. I must go till he comes, give till I drop, preach till everyone knows, work till he stops me, and when he comes for his own, he will have no trouble recognizing me because my banner will have been clear. With this kind of resolve, we will, with God's help, have the strength to survive against our cultural stream or perhaps even reverse it. Of course, we are a minority, but armed with the promise of God, we can have a spiritual impact that is greater than our numbers might suggest. It may come down to a simple question. Are you willing to pay the price? Are you willing to do anything for Jesus? 
Are you willing to give up friendship, to go places, to do things that isn't cool for Jesus? Because that's what he's calling us to do. He's calling us to have a lifestyle that is drastically different. And so are you ready to stand up and speak out and to be different for Jesus Christ? Because that's what it's all about. One last story I want to share with you before we close. Back when I was also in junior high, there was a thing in America that happened. It was back in 1999. It happened in Littleton, Colorado. It was uh, Columbine High School. Some of you might have heard of this story. Um, but what happened is, is there was these two guys one morning um, that were in high school that decided to go into their high school one day and open up gunfire and start killing people. Um, but the story I want to tell is of one girl that was there that morning. Um, she was in the library, you know, doing her thing. You know, she woke up that morning, you know, thinking it was going to be another day, you know. And just to give you a prerequisite to this girl, her name is Cassie. And a few months prior to her death, um, she became a Christian. And it totally transformed the way that she lived her life. And she wanted to live for Jesus in everything that she did. You know, her friends saw it. You know, her close peers saw it. And they saw the difference in her life. And so when she woke up that morning, she, you know, got dressed, did her hair, put on the makeup, went to school, thinking it was just going to be an ordinary day. And she was in the library when all of a sudden she heard this pop, 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 pop down the corridor. And all of a sudden the doors to the library came open. And that's where she was. And a lot of people, you know, tried to run, tried to hide. Well, these two guys, one of them came up to her. He had a gun and put the gun to her forehead. And he just asked one simple question. Do you believe in God? She could have lied. She could have said anything. She said one word, yes. And within moments, she met Jesus Christ. They took her life. She was willing to pay the price because she knew what Jesus meant to her. A lot of us are here tonight, you know, we say that we're Christians, we say that we follow Jesus, we love Jesus, and yet our lifestyle, the way that we live, says something totally and completely different. And if we are called to share Jesus with our neighbors, with those whom we love, and with the rest of the world, how in the world are they supposed to know who Jesus is if we're not showing them who he is? Are we willing to do what it takes to live for Jesus, to stand up, to speak out, and to be different for Jesus. That's my challenge for each and every one of us here tonight. It won't be easy, but let me tell you, it is worth it. Cassie knew it was worth it. She said yes, and now she's spending eternity with Jesus. We may not be put in that situation, but every day, in our everyday lives, we can say yes to Jesus. Let's pray. Now with your eyes closed, I just want you to think for a second, and I'm sure some of you are thinking, all right, Jason, you nuts. That's encouraging. That sounds great. Um, but the reality is, is that, you know what, I'm just, I'm just too afraid. I'm too scared of the way that I'm living my life right now. I'm afraid of what others may think of me. You know, or maybe it's, you know what, Jason, that's great. But most of the time, I, I just feel like I'm pretending that I love God and that I'm pretending to do this whole thing, you know, or whatever it is. Maybe there's something else in your heart. Well, let me just tell each and every one of you that God knows your heart and there's no fool in him. 
So we don't even try. Instead, what I want you to do right now is that I want you to tell, what, tell God what's on your heart. If he isn't the most important thing, if he isn't somebody that you have been living for, just go ahead and tell him. Just tell him how you feel. Earlier we talked about how sin is, is not building our identity on God. You know, maybe there's things in our lives that we've put more focus into that has been distracting us from God. If you know that in your life there's things that have been distracting you from God, go ahead and tell them. You know, say, you know what, God? I've been too worried about whatever it is. And you just fill in the blank and tell God that. And just confess that to him. Tell him that you want him to change you, that you want to love him and to just genuinely want to live your life for him. Tell him how you want to experience true satisfaction and pleasure and joy as you get to know him. Ask that he would just show up in your life and be real to you. Not only that, but, but ask him if he can give you the ability to, to think of other things as rubbish compared to knowing him. Jesus, we just come before you tonight and we just need to give up ourselves to you. Oftentimes we are so selfish that we lose sight of the big picture. And God, a lot of the times we're not, we're not strong enough to love you and walk on our own. And that's why you give us the strength of your Holy Spirit and God, help us to remember that we can't do it on our own, that we need you. We need you deeply and desperately. And Lord, we know and believe that you are worth it, that you are far better than anything else that this world has to offer. God, we want you. And when we don't want you, we want to want you. And God, I pray for each and every person in this room tonight. I pray that that would be our prayer that you would be the one that defines our life, that you would be the one that when people look at us, they see Jesus. And God, I pray that if there is sin in our life, if there is something that we're just lying to ourselves about that we're not giving to you, God, I pray that you just work in our hearts, that we could just share that with you and overcome it because we want to live each and every day for you. Lord, just as Cassie said yes, in a moment that was far beyond anything that we might face. God, I pray that every day we would say yes to living for you so that we can impact the world around us for your kingdom and for your glory. God, it won't be easy, and that's why we need your help. Give us the encouragement that we need to love you more, to live for you, and to share Jesus with our friends, with our family, and with those around us, whether it's here, at home, in Northern Ireland, or whether it's in a totally different country. God, help us to be here right now living for you and take each day as an opportunity to live our lives for you. God, we thank you so much for Jesus Christ. It's in his name that we pray. Amen. We trust you've enjoyed this podcast. If you'd like to make a donation to support the work of Bangor Worldwide, please visit www.worldwidemission.org slash donate.